uh, Genesis chapter 1. Let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. And um, I'm just going to read a few verses. I know this is... Uh, I hope you've made it to this point in your Bible reading this year. Amen. Uh, <laughs> hold your thumb in Revelation 22. We'll get there directly. Amen. Uh, I'm just kidding. Amen. Let's read the first few verses here and leave it open, leave your Bible open. I want you to follow along and see these things tonight from the Word of God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, dear Lord. I thank you for all you've done for us already tonight. I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your loving kindness, and your holiness. I pray that you forgive me where I failed you since we last spoke. I pray, dear Father, that you fill me with the Holy Ghost of God. Lord, I stand where I need your help the most. I pray that you fill me. You use me tonight. Lord, if there's anybody in our presence tonight that's never been saved, been born into the family of God, I pray that tonight they would uh, repent and believe the gospel, dear God. I pray, dear God, that you touch us as believers to get more of a burden for sinners. I pray, dear God, that you would help us to remember what you've done for us. Lord, I pray that you'd send forth laborers in your harvest. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. I might be seated. Uh, last month, I preached here at the church on the gospel according to Abel and how I mentioned that all my life I've heard that if you start in Genesis 1 and go to Revelation 22, you can see Jesus. You can see a blood red line that goes through our whole Bible and so I backed up a little bit. God began to deal with my heart about here in creation and to see if we could see the gospel in creation. Now again we know the word gospel means the good news. That's what the word means and in our day, in our dispensation of grace, the gospel is this is what the good news is for our dispensation. The gospel is the death of Jesus Christ for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and he rose again according to the scriptures on the third day, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And tonight, if you'll repent, turn from your sins, and put your faith in that gospel, you can be saved. But that's not the only good news that's ever been given to man. Amen? Hey, I'm telling you tonight, uh, when John the Baptist came, the good news, the gospel was that the king is coming. When Jesus got here, the gospel was the king is here. And uh, hey, in the tribulation, it's going to be the king is coming back. You better get ready. I'm telling you tonight, the gospel's all through the word of God. Amen. So tonight I want to look at this, the gospel according to creation. Y'all ever believe that? Creation's preaching the gospel. Amen. I want to preach the gospel according to creation. So let's look at the, by way of introduction, verse number two. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now I want to say here that the earth is a picture of a sinner in our text. There's three things about the earth I want to point out. The Bible says it was without form, it was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. That, that word the without form, that means it was worthless. There was no good. There's, it couldn't hold nothing. It couldn't support anything. It had no structure about it. It was just a big uh, lump of nothingness. It was worthless. Amen? And then it says it was void. It was empty. Amen? It was wasted. It was just, it was just wanting. Is, is, is my W there? It's wanting. It didn't have anything. It, it was empty inside. But then it said... 
It was dark. It, the darkness was upon the face of the deep. Brother, uh, Brother Wilson, it, that means that uh, it, was, it was wandering around. It had no discernment. It had no direction. And we see here it's a picture of a sinner. Do you remember that when you were in your life and you had no, you were worthless, you were wanting, hey, you were, you were wandering around, you were, it's just like the earth here. You had no form, you had no purpose, you had no void, you were empty. Hey, you could, you tried everything to fill that emptiness that was within you, but to no avail. Hey, that's what the earth was at the beginning, and that's a good picture of a sinner. Just absolute nothingness and emptiness. That's where we were. And it, you say, preacher, it's Wednesday night. We've already been worshiping. Why are you preaching the gospel to us on a Wednesday night? Well, Paul said this in Romans 1.15. All that's all that's within me. I long to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome. Hey, preacher, hey, he was wanting to preach the gospel to save people at Rome. Hey, and I'll tell you what it does. It reminds us of where God's brought us from. It reminds us of what we used to be. It reminds me us of what we should be. It reminds us of where we are to be heading. Uh, but by the grace of God, every time I hear the gospel, it reminds me of what God did for me and where I'm headed now. Amen. So we see the earth as a picture of a sinner. But I love the latter part of verse 2. And the Spirit of God moved. Verse 3 starts out, and God said. You mark her down. When the Spirit of God begins to move and God said begins to work, I promise you things are about to pick up. The first thing I see in this gospel according to creation is day, day number one. And you find that in verses three through five. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. The first thing we find in this gospel according to creation is that there is light. Amen. Now we just read that the earth was in darkness. It couldn't see where it was going. It couldn't see within itself or without itself. There was no, no good thing. There was no light. But all of a sudden on day one, there was light that began to shine. Ain't that amazing? that the Spirit of God begins to move and God and the Word of God begins to be uh, revealed in that light and the light turns on. And I want to point out to you that this is not natural light. Matter of fact, Brother Jonathan, the, the sun and the moon and the stars was not created till day four. There's no sun. There's no moon. There's no stars in day one. This is not natural light. This is supernatural light. Brother Jason, this is a light that only God could shine. This is a light that only God could experience. I'm telling you tonight, I'm glad for these lights, but I'm a lot more thankful for that supernatural light that shines down. All the lights in this place could be off. Oh, but when God's words being preached and the Spirit of God's moving, there's a supernatural light that's a shining that you can't even see with your eyes. It's seen in your heart. I'm going to tell you, all of a sudden business begin to pick up. The Spirit of God's moving. The Word of God's being proclaimed. The lights are shining. I'm going to tell you, that's exactly what happened to me on September 19, 1999. I was a lost sinner on my way to hell. I had heard the gospel with my ears my whole life. But that morning, as the Spirit of God began to move and the man of God started to preach and God said, uh, the light started shining on my darkness and on my emptiness. I'm going to tell you tonight, friend, hey, when the light gets to shining, that's when things start to change. Amen. Hey, tell us in Papua New Guinea that the Catholics showed up in the 1600s and we ate them too. That's what they told us. They said, but the gospel came in the 1940s 
and it changed our nation. Darkness received light. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you tonight, I wonder if the light's shining on you tonight. I wonder if, not, not fluorescence, not LEDs, but is the supernatural light shining on you tonight. I'm going to tell you that, what, and, and here's the part, if you're, if you're lost tonight and the light is shining, this is where you repent. This is where you believe the gospel. This is where you get changed. Amen. You have an, you have an opportunity. I heard Brother Tim Floyd preach this, excuse me, this week. He said that every time a sinner hears the gospel, they make a decision. Every single time. You are making the decision to reject the light or to receive the light. And may I say this, every time a Christian hears the Word of God preached, they are, they are either receive, they are making a decision about that light. Every time the Word of God is preached from this pulpit, it is light going forth. Amen and amen. It is light going forth. And we better start walking in the light that God has given us. I won't tell you why it's getting dark in the southeast, just like it used to be, in, or it is in New England and over in England. It's getting darker here and I'm not talking about outside I'm talking about spiritually the reason it's getting less and less light shining is because we've been given so much light and we refuse to walk in the light and walk in the light and walk in the light hey God's not God does not require to give us any more light if we're not going to walk in the light he's already given us so sinner you need to walk in the light tonight you need to be saved you need to be born again tonight so the earth begins to get light the spirit of God's moving we see that on day one, there's light. On day two, you'll find that in verses six through eight. The Bible says, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. So up until this point, it's just been chaos on the earth. There's just water all over the place. It's no, nothing's going on. It's just turmoil. And God, after the light shine, he gives life. You say, preacher, what do you mean? The Lord separated the waters. He created an atmosphere, preacher. Before on the earth, I don't understand all this. I just know what my Bible says. There was no atmosphere. So there could be no wind controlled. There could be no breath within. There could be no life as long as there was no atmosphere. That's why all these other planets, they don't really have a stable atmosphere. Nothing's really growing on Mars. I don't care what they say. There's, I mean, they ain't got no gardens on Mars. Can I get an amen? Venus, Uranus, all those up, Pluto, they don't have a good atmosphere. That's why there's no life there. But we stand out in the fact that we've got life on our planet. We don't have to send space shuttles around to find it. Hey, we know we have life on our planet because it's green. It's lush. Look up from the, you look outside tonight. It's lush. It's green. We're breathing tonight. You know why that is? It's because there's an atmosphere around our earth. You know what God did? After the light was shined, He gave life. He, it, for lack of a better word, He sealed this planet. He breathed life into this planet. He made this planet stay. He started to settle it out. He started bringing peace to this planet. Oh, can I say it? That's exactly what God's done for the sinner that believes on Him. Hey, He, he, he puts, hey, He seals him. Amen. Like Brother Chris doesn't say it. He seals him. He puts life in him. He makes it a place where you can grow and there's life inside. I'm telling you tonight, neighbor, I couldn't go to hell if I wanted to. I couldn't go to hell if you told me to. Not because of anything I've 
done. But because on that night that I got birthed into the family of God, He put an atmosphere in me. The Holy Ghost moved in. The Spirit of God, He, he put, moved in and put up a no vacancy sign. Amen. He moved in and He's not going anywhere. Amen. I don't have to go looking for life. I've got it within me. Amen. Y'all still with me, I believe. Amen. So in day one, we get light. Repentance and faith or rejection takes place. If you repent and believe the gospel, you get life. But day three, look at day three, verses 9 through 13. And I'm not reading all these because it's Wednesday night. And you've hopefully heard this before, all right? And God said... Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. So we get, Brother Jacob, we get light on day one. We get life on day two. But we get land on day three. It's amazing to me. The Bible tells us that this earth before salvation is without form. It's, without, it's void. It's empty. It's dark. And all of a sudden, it's a viable place for life. And it wakes up on day three and everything starts to shake and there's something of substance underneath it. All of a sudden, there's something to stand on in its life. All of a sudden, there's some structure. All of a sudden, there's a foundation, Brother Andrew. And on this same day, God says to the trees to start growing and the plants to start growing, and the fruit to start bearing. You know why that is, Brother Laddie? Because we can't grow until there's some, something we're standing on that's firm. You can't grow in this life until you have a foundation. Until you have land under your feet. You know why I worry about people that are not growing and are not bearing fruit? It's because that's a pretty good testimony. They don't have nothing under their feet. They're not landed on anything. I'm going to tell you that though. A, a, a saved person, somebody that's saved, they've got something to stand on. They don't have to worry about sinking sand. They've got something they can put their faith in. God took us up out of a horrible pit and placed our feet on a solid rock established our going. Hey, I'm going to tell you tonight, Brother Tim, I don't have to worry about sinking. I don't have to worry about this foundation giving way because I didn't put it there. God did. I'm telling you tonight, what we need to do is be bearing fruit. We need to be growing. We need to be seeing multiplication in our lives. Amen. But you can't do that unless you got a firm foundation. Day one, there's light. Day two, there's life. Glory to God. Day three, there's land. But on day four, and you find that in verses 14 through 19, you find there's leading. Leading. So preacher, what do you, what do you mean by that? Verse 14. God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God said them in the firmaments of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And to rule over the day and over the night. And to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So preacher, you said it was leading. Absolutely. 
That light that we receive at salvation isn't the only light that we ever need in our lives. Aren't you glad that God, now I'm talking about creation here, this earth was void, foreign, without form. He gives them light. He gives this earth life. He gives this earth land. But then He gives the earth something in the skies to guide it. He gives it something in the skies to lead it. I mean, at night, there's, there's light to guide it. During the day, there's light to guide it. You can tell what time it is. If you put your hand up to the horizon, that's how the old timers would do it. They would put their hand up to the horizon. They could tell what time it is you could tell east from west and therefore no north from south I'm talking about all these things because of some lights you say preacher how are you going to apply this to the gospel and to the Christian life I'm glad you asked what light is that shining so brightly for me that gives me such courage the right way to be what hope for my trusting soul ever shall be God's wonderful book Diva. ain't it amazing that in the darkest of night we've got a light to light our path it's a light in our pathway isn't that what the Bible says it's a lamp in our feet and a light in our path I'm telling you sometimes it's bright I mean you can't help but miss it it's shining everywhere it's the daytime everything's going good I mean you can see down 40 acres that way oh but there's sometimes it's night and the moon it's not full out oh but I'm glad you got them stars even when the moon's out there's stars in the sky and you may not be able to see a hundred yards but you can see right in front of your feet because God doesn't leave the believer without light to guide its way if you're trying to find the will of God tonight I'll tell you the best place to look it's right here I'm telling you you say preacher I want to know the specific will of God you'll never find the specific will of God until you walk in the written word of God I'm talking about that's the will of God right there if you'll start living in the light that God gives you from this book I'll tell you this you won't have to look for the will of God it'll find you amen it'll find you I see he's leading us we don't have to walk in darkness do we the problem is a lot of times we don't like the way he's leading us. Are y'all like me? Y'all want everything laid out 10 years in advance and God to sign the, sign the bottom of the page and say, here it is. Anybody else like that? Yeah. I'm talking about that million candle light, uh, 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 flood light, amen, just shining all the way down. That's the way I wanted it, isn't it, y'all? But most of the time it's dark and it's night and it's just a little bit of light of the time. You know why God does that? You know why he does that? Because we'd go crazy if we could see everything. We would lose our ever-loving minds. So God gives us a little bit of the time. He's still shining the light. He hasn't turned the light off. He's still shining the light. But he gives us a little bit of the time to walk in. Just walk in the light he's given you tonight. Just walk in the light. I see <clears throat> day one there's light. Day two there's life. Day three there's land. Day four there's leading. Day five. Now there's seven days, but y'all don't mean nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm moving right along. Amen. Feel like we got a pretty good pace here. Day five, we have a looking. In verses 20 through 20, uh, 23, or 22, excuse me, we find day five. And the Bible says that the Lord created all the fish and the fowl. It's a beautiful picture here. 
I, I love this. There's a looking. After you get saved, the good news is you don't, you don't live for yourself anymore. Can I get an amen right there? Once you get saved, it's not all about me anymore. Amen. That, that's why this society is so messed up now. It's all about me. Now, how many of y'all ever took a selfie? Y'all, I'm raising my hand. Anybody else? Y'all, somebody's lying. People, I'm going to get your phone after church and look. Y'all been taking selfies. You know why they call them selfies, don't you, preacher? Narcissistic is too hard to say. That's just the truth of it. But after we get saved, it ought not to be about us anymore. On day five, it's amazing to me, the, the number five in the Word of God is grace. And on this fifth day, the, the day of grace, Brother Tim, God points out that there are, there are still fish out in the deep that are lost. The sea is a picture of turmoil. It's a picture of this world. It's a picture of... And that's why God says there'll be no more sea. It's a, pic, it's a picture of uncertainty and, and tirades and tempestuous seas. But Brother Ben, God reminds us that down there in that darkness and down there in that nothingness and down there in that turmoil, there are some fish that are down there that need to be pulled out. Ain't that amazing? What did, God, what did Jesus say to me? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Brother Avery, and we've talked about it today, it is our job, it is our burden, it is our call, it is the main thing, the reason we are here as the church and as believers, the reason we're still here is there's still people lost out in the sea of life. There's still people lost out in the darkness of this world and this sea. And it's our job to go over. And whether it's casting an ad or whether it's casting a Zebco 33, it is our burden, it is our job, it is our call, man, woman, boy or girl to go and pull them out of the darkness and it's amazing to me the same day he made the fish that were in darkness he made the fowls that were flying free once like a bird in prison I dwelt no freedom from my sorrow I felt but Jesus came and listened to me and glory to God he, it's, no, it's no coincidence that on the day of grace God told us that there's a sea full that are in darkness and somebody's going to have to go looking for them somebody's going to have to go catching and once we get them up God created the fowls on the same day that are flying free amen we got to have a burden, don't we? During camp, I shared this with preacher. Camp was a year since our South Dakota tent meeting last year. There was a teenage couple there every night. They were in. There were seventeen. The boy was very proud, and he was very. He was holding on to his girlfriend and all this. And the girl, beautiful young couple. The girl was visibly just distraught under conviction every night. But the laddie, she uh, raised her hand every evening that she was there, said she was lost. Brother Jason, and I got the text. I, I read it to preacher during, during camp this year. I got the text from a lady that had brought them every night last year saying that that girl had, had died in a car wreck a year later. A year, Brother Ben, to the week, or to the week of the tent meeting. And she had raised her hand every night last year saying she was lost. She was on her way to hell. And a year later, she's off into hell tonight. I've told this here before, I think, but my wife's cousin, I talked with him. 
I witnessed to him. I told him he needed to be saved. And he said, I prayed a prayer when I was 11. He said, but I don't even think I, I believe that. I urgency, Brother David, that, that Holy Ghost nudge. By the way, if you feel that nudge to witness to somebody, it's not the world, it's not the devil, it's not your flesh telling you to do it. It's the Lord telling you to do it. I felt that nudge, and I don't always do it right, preacher. I don't always acknowledge that nudge. I don't always re respond to God and do it. Can I get an amen? Matter of fact, that, that Christmas, I, I, I pushed it off. God gave me a, a second chance the next day. Witness to him. He told me all that. It got awkward in the truck. You know what? I'd rather be awkward here than to be awkward when our loved ones are cast in the lake of fire and know that I haven't told them. Brother Avery, that was in December. I think it was May, Mama. Is that April? 30-year-old young man died. No, no, just, just died. We never know, do we? There's a lot out there that are in the darkness. And the good news isn't the good news unless it gets there on time. I see light. I see life. I see, <coughs> excuse me. I see light, I see life. I see that there is number three on day three land and there's leading and there's looking. But day six, we see some lessons. In verse 24 is day six to verse 28. It's amazing to me. I guess I've always thought that the animals had their own day. But God starts off on day six. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the, the earth after his kind, and, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let, me make, let us make man in our image. The same day that God created man, before he created man, Brother David... He created the animals. You say, preacher, why is that significant? Well, there's a lesson here in this gospel. The good news according to creation. Adam and Eve are in the garden. They're in perfection. Can I get an amen? Now listen, y'all don't take what I'm about to say uh, the wrong way. I, my favorite verse in the Bible is Acts 10, 13. Arise, kill, and eat. Can I get an amen? I mean, praise God. Amen. I'm glad I'm not a Jew or a Muslim. I had bacon today multiple times. Glory to God. But Brother Logan, I, in the garden, the, the fruit of the trees were their meat. Can I get an amen? That's what they ate. The, the day that God slew that animal in the garden was the first animal that died. Now listen to me. God created the animals before he created man. In that day, he would have created every one of those sacrificial animals. And Brother Danny, before man ever knew he needed a sacrifice, God provided one. Every day as they walked around that garden, we don't know how long they were there, but every day as they walked around that garden in perfection, they had no idea that they, they were going to need a sacrifice. They had no idea that they were, they were naming their sacrifices. They had no idea that they were tending to their sacrifices. But there was a day coming when man would sin and he would need a sacrifice. Oh, can I say what a glorious lesson that before we knew we needed a Savior, before we were ever created, before we were ever thought of in our mother 
Father's mind. Hey, there was a Savior. Hey, that knew He was going to come. He's the only one that would come. He's the only one that could come. Hey, I'm glad, Brother Chris, tonight, and before I knew I needed a Savior, He was the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. Can, can we go a little further? He, he creates man. And, and, and God said it right. He saw man alone. He said, that's not good. Somebody say amen right there. And it still ain't good for man to be alone. Amen. And Brother Laddie, he puts Adam into that deep darkness. And there's a transaction in that darkness between God and the first Adam. And he reaches down and he takes a bride out of the side of Adam. And he comes out of that darkness on the other side of that darkness with God. And the first Adam's got a bride. Can I remind you what the second Adam did? Up on that cross of Calvary... Brother Jack, he went into deep darkness and there was a transaction that took place between God and the second Adam and he went into the side of that wounded lamb. He went into that side, Brother Dave, and when he came out of the darkness on the other side, there was a glorious bride, the church of the living God. I'm going to tell you, it's a beautiful lesson in this gospel. Y'all, Can I give you one more? There's another lesson here. It was not Adam that was deceived. It was Eve. Eve was deceived. Don't get mad. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. Y'all don't throw nothing at me, ladies. Eve took that sin. She became the sinner. Adam knew that her condemnation was death. But Brother Caleb, he loved his bride so much. Brother Andrew, he loved his bride so much. He wasn't deceived. He knew exactly what he was doing. In order to keep his bride from dying by herself, in order from keeping his bride from going and being banished by herself, the first Adam took that sin upon himself willingly and knowingly and came under the weight of that sin for his bride. Oh, I'm about to shout. The second Adam, hallelujah, he saw what could be a bride. Hey, and Brother Jason, he saw our sin and he saw our wickedness and he saw our emptiness and he that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He became our sin so we didn't have to die. Not just that we didn't have to die by ourselves, but that we didn't have to die. He became our sin. Not that we, so we just so we wouldn't be banished. No, he became our sin so we could go and live with him. Amen. Lessons. The last day, and this is found in chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. God rested. Day 7. God rested. This is liberation. Before we were in bondage. Before we were in crisis. Worthless. Wanting. Wandering. Brother Jacob, on day 7, we find rest. Liberation. You say, preacher, why is there rest on day seven? Because God was satisfied. The only way there can be rest, Brother Dole, is when God is satisfied. And you know why I'm liberated tonight? And I'm not talking about the kind that we hear about today where I can go drink wine and grow my hair long. Somebody say amen and wear skinny jeans. That's not what kind of... I'm the, that's lasciviousness. They spelt it wrong. Lasciviousness, amen. 
I'm talking about the kind of liberation that God brings where I'm not bound by those things anymore. That I'm not in darkness anymore. That I'm not wondering anymore. You know what happened? God got satisfied. See, Brother Jack, everybody's looking to be happy. Happy, happy. Everybody wants to be happy. and I mean, it's all about me. But you'll never be happy as long as God is not satisfied in your life. See, my, I'm not saved. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not at peace tonight because I've done something for myself or because I, I've done something to uh, acquire or arrive, Brother Brian. I'm at liberation tonight. I'm at liberty tonight because God is satisfied with the work of Christ in my life. You say, preacher, I'm, I'm okay. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's see. You may be okay, but is God okay with what you have? Is God satisfied with what you have? It's the worst kind of pride to think you can do better for your salvation than Jesus can. It's the worst kind of pride. Let me ask you tonight. I'm not asking if you've been baptized. I'm not, I know it's Wednesday night, preacher. I'm, I, 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 y'all probably think I'm crazy preaching the gospel message on Wednesday night. Listen. I'm not asking about your water baptism. I'm not asking about the wine and the wafer. I'm not asking about your wardrobe. I'm not asking about your works or your words or your worship. I'm asking you tonight, is God satisfied with what you have that you're dependent on? Say, preacher, what do I need? Tonight, you need to rest in what Jesus Christ has done and that alone. It's not Jesus and baptism. That's works. It's not Jesus and the communion, that's works. Not Jesus and church membership, that's works. Anything added to Jesus. But tonight, can I ask you, I'm not asking about that head knowledge. I'm asking, are you resting your eternity in the fact that Jesus is enough? If you're not, you may be satisfied with what you got, but God's not. And at the end, at judgment... At the, at the great white throne judgment, it does not going to matter what you're satisfied with. It's only going to matter what God's satisfied with. Amen. You care if I give an altar call preacher? I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody's looking around. I wonder if anybody say, Preacher, I'm here tonight and I've never been saved. Preacher, God's dealt with me tonight. Show me I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody like that? Would you slip your hand up tonight? Is there anybody like that? I see that hand. Anybody else? Some are already coming. Anybody else? Say, preacher, pray for me. I'm not saved. God, show me my need of a Savior tonight. Would you pray for me? God has shined the light. Would you pray for me, preacher? Is there anybody else? So slip your hand up. Anybody? I see that hand. Thank you. Is there anybody else? So just slip your hand up tonight. Say, preacher, pray for me. We're not going to get in a rush. Anybody else tonight, preacher? God, shine the light, and I need to be saved. Would you pray for me? Anybody here tonight just say, preacher, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody like that tonight? I see that hand. Thank you. You can be sure before you leave here tonight. You come down here, we'll get somebody to take a Bible, show you how you can be sure. Is there anybody else? Say, preacher, I'm just not sure tonight. Pray for me. How about this, us as believers? Say, preacher, I'm saved, but I'm not growing and I'm not going like I should be. Would you pray for me? 
I'm not going, and I'm not, I see those hands. Thank you, hands are going up. Let's all stand. We got lost loved ones we need to pray for. Saved people need to do business. There's lost people here tonight that need to be saved. Come and make your call and election sure tonight before you leave. Would you come?